It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast. I'm your host, Sleepy J. Guest find me on Twitter, Sleepy J underscore pregame. Joined here by the Thursday Night Fanatics. Got Dan Rivera in the house. You guys can find him on Twitter as well, Dan Rivera228. And the one and the only Uncle Dave. You guys can find him at Dave underscore Essler. If you guys had your ears open, you noticed we had a new opening, the Betting Predators podcast. We decided to go ahead and name our podcast. And as a lot of you have been asking for us to go ahead and get this on iTunes, Google Podcasts, etc., etc., we're going through uh, some verification type stuff with that. And uh, hopefully, you guys will be getting that on those platforms. Today, we're going to talk about the NBA. First thing I want to do is I want to ask Dan. I saw Dan. There were some uh, pretty nasty storms that came rolling through your neck of the woods yesterday. How did you end up making out? Did you get hit by anything? Did you even see anything? What's going on with you? Yeah, I got touched by it a tad bit. I was sitting at my computer yesterday, and I just hear all this wind pick up. And I don't think much about it. But unfortunately, I was an idiot and didn't didn't charge my phone. So I really had a wing with my phone yesterday. I got some hail. We had some major winds, and I'm not sure if the listeners can hear it, but my next-door neighbors are currently chopping up their tree that fell on some phone lines, luckily not power lines. So I got my power back by the end of the night. But I, I got touched on it. I do feel bad for anybody who got hit a lot harder than I did because not having power in 2020 is an awful feeling. <laughs> I could imagine what it's like. Um, yeah, we get some rain, but we didn't have any, any major power outages. Uncle Dave, you seem like you were uh, – Pretty much safe from some heavy storms yesterday. But, Uncle Dave, I will share a quick story with you from this morning. I woke up. I actually woke up at noon. I stayed up. I was working really, really late putting up the uh, the podcast for RJ and the Dream Preview. And as we talked about in our first podcast that we did the other day, we went over some golf stuff. And the guy I gave out was Danny Lee. And I turned on the computer. And I'm like, oh, at least I'll get a little bit of action today. Danny Lee. Sure enough, he just got off the ninth hole. He's minus three, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I got an hour and a half here of some golf, so I'm excited, doing some work. I'm up, motivated, have my soda. Well, he he goes par, par, missed birdie putt, missed birdie putt, par, par, bogey, bogey, bogey to close out. He ends up finishing even for the day. And, you know, I immediately thought, you know, why the hell did I turn this on and how many times I've. I've said that to myself. I don't know if you watched golf now. We talked about all the plays that we had the other day and stuff like that. So I imagine you were you were at least glancing at it today, Uncle Dave. But I'm sure you felt how I how I felt today, Uncle Dave, with turning it on and everything just turned sour. Well, yes and no. I mean, you know, I had a lot of players in action. So, you know, I guess that's going to happen. You know, Mickelson, I have him at like 101. Uh, he's six shots off. And he was uh, he was in the morning round and he – he got to minus three, maybe even minus four, and I think he finished minus one. So I was kind of disappointed. But, you know, a lot of guys that were on uh, my information are okay. We got Justin Rose to finish top three at a good price. He's leading. I'm really annoyed at myself. I didn't throw anything on Brian Harmon. Of course, it's early. He's a couple shots back. We also got Justin Thomas. He's a shot back. So, you know, it's early, but, you know, it does look like most of the guys I, I sort of implied that somebody might want to look at are at least going to make the cut. So, you know, that's a that's a positive. But, you know, I've learned over the years, just like when I play myself, I, I'm not going to get too happy uh, when it's 25% over. We'll talk Sunday night. Yeah, I was just upset that I turned it on and everything kind of went south. I felt like I was the one that, uh you know, kind of jinxed the entire situation for my boy Danny Lee. But tomorrow is another day. So, guys, we'll talk NBA stuff here. We haven't really talked much NBA probably over the last couple of weeks. You know, it's 
you know, it's one story after another right now. There's no sports. So, you know, people are just beating these sports stories to death. You know, how much could we really talk about the NBA day after day after day when, you know, it's a little bit here, a little bit there, and you start, you know, coming up with stories and, and cockamamie freaking, you know, who's the best player in the world and let's rank that. Like, I, I can't just sit and do that every day. That that would just drive me out of my mind. But, you know, it's been a couple of weeks since we really talked about the NBA, and now we finally – you know, we've gotten word that the NBA is coming back. July 31st is the apparent start date. We're going to go ahead. We're going to start with 22 teams. We're going to have a, uh, you know, a playoff format. We're going to have a, a kind of a, a little bit of a play-in thing. Now, we do have a bunch of teams here that are actually eliminated that won't show up. So we have the place where they're going to play. They're going to play in Florida, in Orlando, at the Walt Disney World ESPN Sports Complex. So that's good news. So these teams essentially are going to end up playing inside of a bubble. I'm not sure how you guys feel about that. You're going to have to play from basically the end of July until the finals, which, Dan, when when are the finals supposed to actually be played? Do you have an actual date on that? NBA finals start September 30th, and the latest they can play to is October 12th. Okay, so essentially, you know, you're looking at maybe nine, ten weeks in this bubble you know, away from family, away from friends. And I know that they said that some family will be able to show up and that's, you know, your immediate family. But um, I I think it's going to be tough, you know, for these players and these teams to just stay there for so long. Now, I guess the good thing about getting eliminated, you'll be able to get out of there early and go back to normal life. But, you know, for some teams, they're going to be stranded there for a while. So, Uncle Dave, when you heard about how the NBA was going to go ahead and, and lay out this entire playoff scenario in the rest of this season how'd you feel about that well i i you know to me it's almost like uh kind of the nba's version of, of march madness with that whole you know the way they've got it set up is is uh you know if, an, if if a nine seed is within four games of an eight seed then there'll be a play-in game so you know it truly is like march madness in that respect and it gives those teams that are not currently in the playoffs should it have ended under the the normal circumstances the you know the motivation if they want to to try to get into the playoffs not that everybody does so you know i don't think there's any format that's going to make everyone happy but i think it's fair and i think it's probably the best they can do i mean the way i look at it if the owners are cool with it players want to play i guess some do some don't then you know i guess it's if it's fine with them it's fine with me i'll work with whatever with whatever they give me and I guess, you know, since we're on the outside looking in, you know, there are a lot more things that are going on instead of, all right, let's just play basketball. You know, they had to go ahead. They had to set up the testing. They had to set up, you know, to make sure that these players got back. They got there safely. You know, they get their training, can't roll. And they also had to go ahead and, and really set up the NBA draft stuff, the free agency. Like the whole season basically got turned upside down. And it seems like, you know, it's really going to affect, you know, a lot of next season. So they really wanted to go ahead and get their ducks in a row. And I think they've done you know, a very good job at that. You know, as far as the format's concerned, I personally had my own opinion. I thought they should go ahead and take one through seven in each conference and then play a play-in type of playoff scenario where it was eight, nine, 10, and 11, where eight played 11, nine played 10, and whoever won that, like maybe it was like a, you know, a three-game series, whoever won that three-game series ended up getting the eight spot. And, and the rest of the teams, I didn't think that they should be kind of eliminated and not allowed to go to Orlando. I thought like those top seven teams, they should play like those bad teams that are out of the playoffs to go ahead and and get them scrimmaged, you know, and scrimmage those teams up so they weren't out there. But again, you know, we're going to get real basketball right from the gate. So it was something that I was actually quite 
quite excited about the fact that they were going to do it the way that they were going to do it. So I guess I was just a little upset with the way that they set up the playoffs. But whatever, it is what it is. We got basketball. I'm happy about that. Dan, how did you feel about the entire format situation? I'm just ecstatic we got basketball back. I know those guys were in rhythm, some of those teams. But I do think the NBA butchered their start date. I don't understand why they're starting so late. I don't understand why they need 60 days to prepare for this. And if I was the NBA, and if you're truly scared of a Corona outbreak among your players, you should have put the conferences up. You put all the Eastern players in Orlando. I know Disney and ESPN pays a massive contract every year to the NBA of billions of dollars or a billion dollars per year. But you should split up into two cities just in case you do have an outbreak. It's a lot easier to isolate players who are two totally different cities instead of all of them being together. You know, I don't disagree with you, Dan. I just, if they could make it in the two bubbles, then fine. But I do like the fact that these teams are going to end up playing in a bubble because I think it's going to be, you know, everybody's going to be checked. And if you're there, you're there. You're not really going anywhere. And you also have to consider, you know, if they were going to go and do this kind of, I guess like the NHL is going to play like regionally and they're going to play in like a, you know, a few different spots, you know, then you worry about, you know, outsiders coming in and, you know, it just, I think the logistics just gets a whole hell of a lot more complicated. So, Michael Davis, we talked about these players are going to be in a actual bubble here. At least that's, you know, what they're aiming for here. So there's got to be some positives and negatives that are going to end up coming out of this. I'm curious what negatives you think or what positives you think. Well, Sleepy, I think the big negative, I mean, you know, if everything goes according to Hoyle, I don't think, I don't think there'll be any negative. I think the big negative would be if there's some sort of, I don't want to use the word outbreak, but you know what I mean. It's kind of an overused term anymore. Uh, for the for the simple reason of the rules that they've made require um, it, you know players that that don't want to play don't have to go to Orlando they can't make them and they can have replacement players you know but here's the key is that they came out this morning and said that you know if a player tests positive for COVID he's out but not for two weeks or two days or until he tests positive again he's out for the remainder of the season so. You know, that's that's that could be a huge negative um, uh, from a public relations standpoint. And it could be a huge negative if it's a contending team, you know, with their with their star player. I mean, you, you know who they are. I don't need to list them. But, you know, those are potential negatives. But I think if everything goes the way it's supposed to, there won't be any. You know, one of the biggest positive things that I saw when it comes to doing this in Orlando was the fact that you're probably going to get a focused effort out of a team every day. You're going to get healthy teams. You're going to get, you know, players that probably got the ample amount of sleep and they've probably been eating well and and training well. You know, you're going to stick 22 teams or, you know, at the end when we end up with, you know, our our regular traditional playoffs, you're going to have teams who are, you know, probably really healthy and really focused. And I think that might actually set up for a really interesting and intense type of playoff scenario not to mention you know for the viewer who hasn't seen basketball in so long you know we might actually see some of our best basketball that we've seen you know maybe ever I think one of the big negatives here and I don't know if a lot of people are looking at this but Uncle Dave one of the things that we read was if a player has to leave that Orlando compound they're not going to be allowed back in for like 10 days like they have to quarantine and you know what happens if a player has a baby or what happens if somebody's family member dies? You know, like let's say something, you know, happens in LeBron's, you know, outside immediate family or whatever the case might be. You know, you never know what it might be. Um, 
you know, what happens if he has to leave? And it's like, all right, well, you could leave now. And it's like, you know, are they inducing labor if he has a kid coming or, or not just LeBron, but any player in specific. But, you know, I, I worry about players having to leave that compound or, you know, coming up with some type of an excuse where, you know, they get, they just they can't really just deal with being, you know, stuck that long. So um, that that's one of the big concerns for me. I think that is a negative is that you're going to lose a player who has to leave. And I guarantee you we will see. Um, there's going to be at least a decent name player that's going to have to leave and miss games for sure. Dan, you got any uh, anything for the the whole you know negative and positive for the bubble for the players? My negative is what are they going to do if you're the players? You've been there for about thirty days. You're going to be getting bored at some point because normally when you go on the road, you go out with your boys, you go to the restaurants, you go out to the clubs, you have a social life, and then you see it in the regular season that some of these teams don't show up in the next day. But they're going to be getting bored at some point. I know Disney World or Disneyland is going to be having a certain part of the park closed off to the players. But again, I don't know what they're going to do in their free time. They're going to get sick of practicing. They're going to get sick of being around each other. So I'm just a little concerned to get some infighting teammates that you normally don't get during the regular season. I didn't even think about that whole thing is that you can end up with, you know, because they're all stuck together. You know, it's not like you could really run around. It's like, where are you going to go? You're going to go sit over by, uh, you know, Thunder Mountain or whatever, you know, whatever the rides are. It's like, what are you going to do? But, um, yeah, that's interesting. And I think if we see, you know, kind of an outbreak in that sense, you know, where, where people just aren't getting along in a specific team, maybe they just say, you know what, screw this. I, I want to get the hell out of here. I'm not even going to go out and play my hardest today or whatever. So, um, you know, there's another good thing. I'm writing that down, actually. I'm going to write that down right now. So, Dan, I think that this format is going to help and hurt specific teams. Why don't you give me a team that you think, you know, will be helped out most by this entire situation? I said it when it happened, and I'll say it again. I texted Mackenzie Rivers when this happened that the Clippers, not the Lakers, are the biggest winners from this layoff. We know Paul George has an injury history, and we know Kawhi Leonard doesn't play it back-to-back. So now they've had the last 90 days or so off. They'll have another month off. And I highly doubt those two end up playing those eight playing games because they're pretty much locked into the number two seed because they're about six, six and a half games behind the Lakers for the one seed. This will allow Marcus Morris more time into the offense because when he came in, he played about 12 games for the coronavirus hit. One team or two teams that I think were effective negatively were both the Bucks and the Lakers. So if we go back to early March, both teams were playing at a very high level. I think you're asking a lot from both teams to go back to that very high level of consistency every game. So I think they were impacted the most just because I don't know if they can pick up where they left off at. How about you, Uncle Dave? Any uh, any comments here on which team helps or hurts the most? I'm going to throw out again that a lot of this is still very subjective because there's still a lot of things to be worked out. We haven't heard from a lot of these teams. But you know, if they were to start, say, tomorrow, um, I, I'm going to – Disagree with Dan. I think it helps the Lakers because LeBron is not young anymore, and I think it gets them to re- refocus. I mean, I almost think they were almost going through the motions at some point. So I think this is this is kind of a kickstart. I think it helps the Celtics because I think I, I, I think a lot of this is going to be about coaching, and that would be Brad Stevens, who I like. I think it hurts Houston, and I think D'Antoni's already out thinking the room a little bit. You know, he he came out and said he's going to increase the Rockets' pace when they play and wants to use a nine-man rotation because they're going to be, you know, back-to-backs, a lot of games quick, a lot of that. So basically he's he's taking them out of what they do best and trying to prepare for something 
that I'm not sure you can possibly prepare for. But I, I understand the thought, but to take a team out of what they've done all season. Um, and I just don't think James Harden is built for the playoffs. So I think a team that's going to hurt is Houston. I know a lot of people are looking at them as, you know, potential helping. And right now I, I'm very inclined to disagree with that. You know, let me give you the team out of the West that I think is probably at one of the biggest disadvantages. And one of the things I wanted to go ahead and, you know, really make clear is that, you know, when you have a young team and you have a veteran team, more than likely the veteran team, you're going to have that veteran type of leadership. And I think the team that probably has hurt the most in the Western Conference, a lot of people aren't going to want to hear this, is probably the New Orleans Pelicans. And the reason why, that's a very young team with very little veteran leadership, not to mention the fact New Orleans was a hot spot. So those players probably, you know, they weren't in the gym every day and they didn't get back to playing basketball. And on the other side, I think the team that probably was helped out the most in the Eastern Conference, probably the Miami Heat. You know, they're in Florida. They their, their doors and gyms and everything were open early. And there's a lot of veteran leadership on that team. And I think that those two teams, you know, might be slightly overrated and underrated uh, when this whole thing comes back. So I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, Miami makes a little bit of a run. And, you know, a lot of speculation's been made that, you know, the NBA may be trying to get the Pelicans in. And look, I think the Pelicans are a tough team if they're playing you know, their, their top game. I mean, that, that team could beat anybody. I mean, they're a really, you know, we're actually a really good team, but um, I just don't think this situation favors them um, a whole hell of a lot. So we were talking guys about teams that potentially, you know, could really be behind the eight ball when they start. And I don't think you have to look any further than two of the teams in the Western conference. Take a look at the Utah jazz Bogdanovich. He's going to be out. He's having season ending surgery. And now it looks like Aldridge is also going to be out. Now, Dame Lillard, he actually had spoke up, and this was really before everything got going with the NBA and their format and stuff like that. Lillard said he wasn't going to play, you know, if, if there was no reason to play. But I imagine, you know, he'll go ahead and he'll start playing uh, because they have a chance to go ahead and actually make the playoffs now. And I think it would be a bad look for him if he didn't want to play, you know, being he just dropped like a rap album. It was like, well, which career is more important to you? And I'll be honest with you, you know, if the Blazers are on TV – Nine out of ten times I'm watching them play because, you know, Lillard is such a good player. And, you know, he he's made, you know, he's he's had gifts and stuff, you know, put up after him because he's made such brilliant plays. But uh, he's an enjoyable player to watch. Uncle Dave, when it comes to Utah and it comes to the Spurs, with those two teams in specific, since I mentioned their major injuries, is there anything that we should look at maybe, you know, positive for those two teams? Or do you think that, you know, pretty much – with those two big key players being out for those teams that, you know, they might just be in some trouble. Um, you know, that's a good question. Um, Utah did have a pretty good road record and, you know, nobody's going to have any home games. So I'm going to sort of take the fifth on them with the injuries. It's hard to say, but, you know, the Spurs still have Popovich and it's almost like, do you really want to bet against him? You know, maybe, maybe not for, a series or maybe a series, you know, are the Spurs going to win the whole thing? Highly unlikely, but I would be leery of auto fading the Spurs strictly because of Popovich. I mean, it, you know, we've talked a lot about March Madness and, and other NCAA tournaments. And, you know, there's certain coaches that you just don't want to bet against, you know, Izzo being one, uh, no matter what he's got for a team. And, you know, I would be, I would be leery of, of sort of auto fading the Spurs. So that's, that's, that's where I'm sort of falling on that. Utah, you know, I can take them or leave them. Um, they're a middle-of-the-road team to begin with. They're, 
I think they're just kind of a, a token there team. You know, you get them, you know, even if they have a good road record, they're, they're just so much better at home in the altitude. So I think you, I don't think you're going to see any surprises either way out of Utah. Uh, San Antonio, I think you could. I think that we will see a surprise out of Utah if certain things take place. One, Bogdanovich is going to be out for the season. We know that. But there were also, you know, we there are two players tested positive for a coronavirus, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. Now, there were, you know, reports saying that these two weren't exactly getting along. Now you have to wonder. It's like, okay, well, if you have guys who aren't getting along and you lost a player, you know, how's that locker room going to feel? What's the whole makeup going to look like? And here's another thing, and I don't know if anybody thought of this, but, you know, Utah's in high elevation. They've been there for what now, a hundred and, you know, a hundred days or whatever, almost by the time, you know, they get back, it's going to be, oh, I mean, I don't even know how many days they are going to be stuck in actual Utah. And you're going to take this team who, you know, they've been traveling around the entire globe, you know, the, the elevation might not have been a problem, but I just wonder if the prolonged exposure to that elevation and dropping right down to Orlando, if maybe there will be some type of a weird, like residual effect with that. Um, so for me, it would be, I think there might be value in actually betting against Utah early uh, because, you know, th- there's things going on where they have injuries, they have, you know, locker room issues, and maybe that altitude actually might hurt them in some type of a way. So that's one thing I was thinking about with uh, with Utah. Dan, you got anything for uh, Spurs, Utah? No, you two touched on it. What's the matter? The CIA got you pushing too many pencils? I think the biggest injury-type news has circled around Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant said, look, he's not coming back. He said, this, this season's over for me. Uh, I'm going to take all the time that I need. And I think Durant's looking at bigger picture, and I think Kyrie is looking at bigger picture too. These guys actually think that they can actually win a title next season. And, look, I would not I would not go ahead and rule them out of winning a title uh, one bit. Uncle Dave, what are your thoughts of Durant just coming out and just saying, look, I'm not going to play when it's been reported that you know he can probably go ahead and suit up go back, train, do whatever he needs to do, and go ahead and actually play in the playoffs. And I guess the same would be said here for Kyrie, that both of those guys could come back. How do you feel about that entire situation? Yeah, I wish I could find who I argued with on Twitter about whether Durant was going to play or not a couple of months back because I said he wouldn't. And I look at that, you know, if I'm a Brooklyn fan, I'm, I'm, I'm probably not too happy. But, you know, Brooklyn is not going to win. Uh, what's the benefit for those guys if they come back and play? Um, nothing there's no benefit whatsoever. Maybe they make a couple extra dollars. I don't know contractually, but obviously neither one of them need it. So I don't, you know, I don't like that they don't play if they can from a purist standpoint, but from their standpoint, you know, why would I, you know, Durant's obviously, you know, been out for a year and rehabbed, you know, why would he come back and play, you know, maybe potentially eight games and be done. Uh, and, and, you know, Kyrie's got nothing to prove. So, no, I don't have a problem with it. Um, you know, on the one hand, I do, like I said, because I'm a purist and I think, you know, everybody should play. But I also, we don't live in that world anymore. So, uh, you know, I don't have a problem with it. Dan, any thoughts on Kyrie and Durant? No, I got nothing. Major Dave touching all of it. What's the matter? The CIA got you pushing too many pencils? We know that there's going to be this big, massive following in this big massive hype next season when these guys come out and they actually play Uncle Dave if you put these guys on the court right now with players that they really haven't played a whole hell of a lot with 
what's it going to look like? Well, it could look like, you know, they go up against the Washington Wizards and get beat. And then there goes all the excitement. There goes all the hype for next year. And throughout the entire summer, all we're hearing about is, oh, is there a problem in Brooklyn? And they didn't look that good. And da 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 da. And it's like, you know, you quickly forget that these guys, you know, came back, I guess you could say kind of prematurely, even though they could probably play. And, and look, a lot of players could probably play at some certain point. But, you know, I think at least maybe for their brand or for the excitement of the next season, you know, they go ahead and protect themselves in, in many situations. But I think this situation is actually smart. If we want to see Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, or especially Kevin Durant, do well and, you know, actually take the Brooklyn Nets somewhere where they haven't been before, then it's it's smart for us to go ahead and say, you know what, we, we kind of agree here. Let those guys go ahead and sit out the rest of the year. They'll probably play better without them, believe it or not, than with them right now, just because of the fact that that team's just been playing together, you know, all season long without those guys, and it's going to throw a big monkey wrench into it. And a lot of the guys that are getting the spotlight right now, you know, you got to wonder if it'll look or feel a little bit salty with the players who have actually gone out and done all the work. And it's like, oh, you guys are just here for the playoff spotlight, da da da, to get your shine on, and maybe that creates some type of a rift. So. Um, I kind of agree, and I kind of I'm kind of glad that that KD and Kyrie won't be playing. And it, look, I've been rooting for Brooklyn. I mean, that you guys have probably heard me talk about that team more than a few times, but uh, we'll see how they do. I think they might actually surprise a couple people uh, when the playoffs actually do start. So, guys, let's switch over to kind of a different topic, something that I'm excited for. And once we actually get the matchups, it'll be a lot easier to go ahead and, and kind of lay out you know, the variables and the things that the handicappers are looking for. But, you know, we, we get these unique situations in, in sports every now and again, and this certainly is a very unique situation. And I know myself, Uncle Dave and Dan are looking at, you know, specific variables that, you know, just really haven't been thought of before in handicapping. But now with this current situation, um, there are definitely some new variables that we're thinking about as handicappers. So, Uncle Dave, I don't want you to spill all of the beans, but just give me one variable that you're looking at when it comes time for this actual NBA season to restart. What are you going to look at? What are you going to use? Well, I'll spill all the beans, Sleepy, because most people will forget this in 60 days. Um, you know, and as we talked earlier, I think a lot of the picture is still to come into play. But you know, as of today, motivation is just going to be much higher up my list, which really leads to coaching. I think that's going to be important. But I think – from a betting standpoint, I'll be looking at some of the games. Like there's going to be a lot of back-to-backs, maybe even back-to-back-to-back, you know, maybe even some night-day games. So I think you might see some teams rest a player or two in situations where they can't. And I think the big thing that I'm looking at right now, obviously going to be no fans. So I thought, okay, well, what what do the, the, the home fans really do for the home team and my first thought was, well, they chant defense really loud. So you might get a better defensive effort when they're at home than they than they would be with no fans. So I think if there's potentially less defense, we might see some value in some of the totals going over. So I'm, I'm looking at that pretty heavily. I'll be curious to see, you know, it's going to be a while, but when those totals do come out, um, if, you know, what kind of adjustments they've made or if they're just based on what it would have been three months ago. I don't know. Uh, but I think the no fans thing and the motivation are two things that um, they're variable, but they won't change between now and, and the end of July when they start this up. All right, guys, there's uncle Dave, Dan, what do you think? 
to Dave's point of motivation. I'm looking for players who are kind of wishy-washy about going, and then players who are coming out saying they're all in. For example, Joel Embiid came out and said he's all in for this little bubble tournament. A guy like Carmelo Anthony saying he's got some health issues or health concerns about going down there. To me, Carmelo just sounds like he doesn't want to play anymore. So I'm looking to be betting on the teams with guys coming out saying they support and fade teams who are more than likely don't want to be there. I think that goes back to something Uncle Dave and I talked about on our golf podcast is you got to do a lot of reading. And if you're not really doing a lot of reading, you're not necessarily going to know all the ins and the outs. And right now, you know, we have the time to actually read. So, Dan, I really like your point when it comes to finding out, you know, how each individual player feels about this entire situation. Here's something that I think that we could probably bank on. This is going to be probably the most bet NBA playoffs that we've ever had ever in our lifetime and probably for the rest of our lives. I think the demand for NBA and NBA betting is going to be at it's going to be so high. Um, It's going to be crazy. But let's go back to what happens during the regular season, during a normal season. The lines come out on Monday for the games on Tuesday. Maybe we have a day and a half. Sometimes we know the schedule in advance, and sometimes books will put up lines, you know, maybe like two days in advance. You know, I have a gut feeling here that we're going to get the matchups well before they even start. And I think we're going to see lines come out very early. I think the amount of money that's going to be pounded into this market is going to make these numbers jump just like they would in the beginning of like a college basketball season where you could see totals move eight, nine, ten points. You could see sides move four, five points. I think we're going to end up with that. So my variable, my thing that I'm really looking at is I want to have all my work done when these lines come out because I have a feeling when they come out, there's going to be an ample amount of time for this market to just get flooded with so much money. And it's not that I'm looking to fade any certain team. I want to go through and make sure I have all my work done on how I feel for each team when this whole thing goes and kicks off. But I think taking advantage of the market is going to be, you know, the most important thing. If you're really looking to go ahead and when the season restarts again to getting ahead of the curve, because I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of teams that are just drastically overrated and, you know, you could look right towards the Lakers and maybe the Bucks. And I think that eventually there's going to be a lot of public money and probably a lot of sharp money that moves in against those teams. So if you want to bet against them, you know, you probably want to go ahead and do that early rather than later. But I think that the, the margin will be far greater than, than what it would be on, on a regular normal NBA game. That's one thing that I'm certainly going to be looking at. You know, to your, to, to your, to your point, Sleepy, uh, with, with the amount of money that's probably going to be uh, bet on these playoffs and contrast that with the lack of information that a lot of that money is going to have, you know, this may be the, the most amount of money with the least efficient market uh, ever at some point in time. And I think a lot of people that aren't looking at this seriously to make money, but just to bet on it are going to influence the market. You know, look for t- people, people are already talking about the Pelicans and Anthony Davis. Well, people when those lines come out early are going to start betting on the Pelicans. So, you know, to your point about lines moving a lot, there's one that I can see if you like the Pelicans, you probably want to do it very early. And if you like the other team, you probably want to wait and you could actually set yourself up with a pretty nice middle. So I think you're spot on with the, 
with the market movements. And, and uh, I think it's going to be, like I said, magnified because you're going to have a what I would think would be a relatively inefficient market considering there'll be a staggering amount of money involved. You know, we've gone through this, you know, hard economic time, but there's nothing to bet on. And it's like, all right, well, how long are people going to have to bet on baseball? How long are people going to have to bet on, um, you know, hockey or whatever? You know, when the NBA season's going on, when, you know, when it is going on, you know, there is baseball there. There is college basketball there. I think people are going to have somewhat substantial bankrolls ready to throw into this NBA playoffs. Um, if in fact, you know, that that's really like the only game in town at that time. Now I can understand if baseball is going for a little bit, but you don't have like a major sport like March Madness and college basketball and baseball's in, you know, it, it's rocking and rolling and it's like, everything's going on UFC. It's like people are waiting for the NBA far more than they're waiting for baseball far more than they're waiting for anything else right now. Like people want the NBA and like you said, Uncle Dave, I think the market's going to be inefficient. Uh, I think it's going to be later. I think people have money saved up right now and they're just waiting to start pounding um, on the NBA. But that's definitely something that uh, something that I'm you know really looking forward to is taking advantage of inefficient bad markets and you know just drastic overreactions because I think a lot of these teams who are going to end up getting a lot of public money, they just don't deserve it. So I'm going to give out my best bet here in just a minute. But first, Uncle Dave, I wanted to bring up something that came across the news today. And Colin Coward was on his show today, and he said he had spoke to or had a report from somebody who was, I guess, rather important in baseball. And he was saying within like maybe potentially the next 48 hours, 72 hours, maybe by like Monday, Tuesday next week, that baseball is going to have some kind of a deal where it's going to involve, you know, maybe 70, 80 type games for their season. And I started to think about it. And then he's like June the or July. He's then he says like then he said July the tenth. He predicted that that would be the start date, and it wasn't like Colin gave like a wink, wink. But it was like whoever his source was, he felt pretty comfortable with that. And I started to think about it. I'm like, well, you know, a lot of these guys say this and say that, and you know, I I, I do trust Colin and any of the sources that he has, at least you know to go ahead and say. You have to at least give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt that, that they know a whole hell of a lot more than what we do. But I think the fact that the commissioner came out and said 100% that I think there's a lot more going on behind the scenes because I don't think the commissioner would have came out and said that because if they don't play, you got to wonder how long you know he's going to be around. So I feel really optimistic now about baseball, and I've always felt optimistic like, I don't know if you, Uncle Dave, but I've never felt like baseball wasn't going to be played this season. And they don't want to go ahead and not. They, and they certainly don't want to have to cancel the season and not play. We saw what, the, what that's looked like in the past, and it's been nothing but bad. And this is going to make baseball look terrible. So as far as all that news is concerned, Uncle Dave, what do you think about that? Maybe baseball starting up and a deal actually getting reached. Well, I think it has to. And, and I kind of felt that way before Colin said that. You know, you just just look at it. I mean, it's a bad look for both sides off and on right now. You know, the players want a lot of games. If they're going to get a prorated salary, the owners want less so they don't lose as much money. You know, let's argue the semantics there. And, you know, what's going on the last sort of three weeks, four weeks, however it's been, is it's just a bad PR look. I mean, it's just 
it's just it's just bad for baseball period so it has to end fairly soon and you know here here's the here's the thing that you know the deal breaker is manfred can uh order a 50 game season and um, of course that's why he can say there will be baseball um and the players certainly don't want that um prorated or otherwise so so yeah i mean how they get there yet, yeah, I don't know, but I am uh, totally in agreement that they do come to some sort of 70, 75 game thing uh, when they start. You know, that I, I have no idea, but, you know, I don't, you know, if they come to that deal within the next, you know, 48 hours, 72 hours or whatever, I, I think that's probably reasonable. But yes, I think that deal will get done. You know, I think when you actually look at it and you look at like the UFC, NHL, NFL, you know, all these leagues and you really start to see which league is run the poorest. And I think without a doubt, you know, it's gotta be baseball and that's sad, but it's just, you know, everybody got, got halted and it's not even like they, they even started, you know, the NBA was in the middle of their season. Like you would assume, you know, a team in the middle of their season with like, now it's like, well, we got all this stuff going on. Like it just seems like baseball probably should have been the easiest to come back and probably the easiest to figure out in some way, shape, or form, being that they have training camp facilities down in Arizona, and that place was open in Florida. It was like, you know, it just seemed like it was just set up for baseball to go ahead and really get this thing figured out. And they really seem like, you know, that they're, that you know, in, in my opinion, that they're like the worst run professional league right now, which is, uh, it's kind of saddening. But what are your thoughts on that, Uncle Davis, MLB being the worst run league? Well, I think that's yes and no. I mean, I think on the surface, it absolutely appears that way. And, and I'm not here to say that it isn't. But the, there's a, the big difference between the uh, baseball and these other sports, you know, baseball doesn't have a salary cap. Um, you know, they have a luxury tax, but it's not the same. We all know that. Uh, and in a league without the salary cap, the players union just has exponentially more clout. So I think they can hold the owner's feet to the fire you know, better than anyone. And if you look historically, you know, baseball's had lockouts and, you know, I don't know when, but they've had shortened seasons or no seasons. And I, and I think that that's because they don't have that salary cap. I think everything else just becomes a trickle-down effect uh, and they'll never have a salary cap either. So, you know, I, I'm not really sure we're comparing apples to apples, but to your point, I don't disagree that it certainly appears that way. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt because it's a little bit of a white elephant when you compare the other leagues to it. So, you know, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it, Sleepy. Well, hopefully they'll go ahead and start playing here rather sooner than later. Uh, With that said, guys, we can jump into uh, our best bets. I got one for the NBA. I'm not sure what Dan or Dave has. Dan, we haven't heard you go ahead and uh, ramble for a little bit there. Why don't you go ahead and give us your best bet? I'm going to have me some fun. 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 My best bet right now is Clippers to win it all. I know Dave likes the Lakers, and that was not planned for him to go head-to-head on that. But anyways, most shops have this at plus 340. I did find a plus 350. But to me, I think the Lakers are too dependent on LeBron James right now. When the Lakers make their deep run like most of us expect, this will be the furthest Anthony Davis has ever gone in the playoffs. Now, I don't know if he's ready to go this deep yet. He's never had the prior experience of getting past the second round. The Clippers mentioned it before. They're going to be healthy now. They just need a little bit of time to get their feet under their legs. 
Paul George missed 22 games this year, along with the three hamstring issues total. We know Kawhi Leonard doesn't play back-to-back. But when the Clippers get going here in the season, along with the rest of the teams, I think they'll be all in because we have them, the Bucks, or the Lakers winning it all. But to me, I think the Clippers are just a deeper team. They're not as good as the top, but I definitely can go toe-to-toe with LeBron and Anthony Davis with no hesitation. So I'll take the deeper team to win it all over the Lakers. All right, so there's Dan Rivera's best bet. He's going to go ahead. He's going to play the Clippers to go ahead and win it all. Dan, did you have odds for the Clippers on that one? Plus 340 is most of the books, but I did find a plus 350. All right, so there you go, guys. Plus 350, not a bad price there on the Clippers to go ahead and win it all. I'm going to jump over to the Eastern Conference for my best bet. Oh, painless is waiting. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play the Boston Celtics to go ahead and win the Eastern Conference. I think that everything really comes down to the Milwaukee Bucks, and everybody thinks that that team is just going to waltz their way into the finals. I'm here to tell you it's probably not going to happen. If you go back and you look at the Bucks, that team was rolling. And right at the end there, the last four of the five games, they ended up losing. Not only that, Giannis went down. Not only that, if you read a lot of the news, Giannis said he hasn't been able to play basketball. So I don't know if he didn't have a basketball around, he didn't have a court, he didn't have a gym. Don't forget his injury was supposed to keep him sidelined for around 10 games. So roughly, you know, three, four weeks. So if this guy hasn't been able to play basketball and he hasn't been able to go ahead and get into a training facility where he has trainers helping him out, you know, he's kind of doing a lot of this stuff on his own and not being able to play, you know, basketball. I just wonder what his game's going to look like and the rest of the Bucks when they actually do play. Now on the flip side, as far as Boston's concerned, I think they're a veteran team, a very deep team. Tatum started to come on there at the end. He looks like one of the better players in, in the NBA Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown. Now, Jalen Brown didn't play twice against the Bucks this season, and those teams split. So you got to wonder, you know, what what are the Bucks going to do when Jalen Brown's now on the court with guys like Marcus Smart and Enos Cantor, and you have other guys out there like Kemba Walker as well. So um, I like Boston. You get them at seven to one. I think that's a bargain. I think that's actually a steal. So I'm going to go ahead and give you guys that one. My best bet: Boston Celtics to win the Eastern Conference at seven to one. Uncle Dave. We're just saved the best for last. Your best bet. What do you got? We need the best. That's why you're here. Well, uh, to your Celtics pick, I, I like that. And uh, I'll tell you, that actually makes my my best bet look even better. And and I would agree with you. You know, Giannis is, is talented, but he has limitations. And, and I just don't know that he's built for the postseason. So I'm going to go chalk something that I don't really – uh, do very often, and I'm going to take the Lakers. I mean, I, I don't, I don't like to do that. I don't want to do that. Um, I do want to bet against Dan. I always want to bet against Dan. You know, I look at look at the Lakers' road record: six losses on the road all year. Clippers thirteen. Western Conference: Lakers seven losses all year. Clippers fourteen. So there is that, Dan, uh, in our head-to-head matchup. But the Lakers, I think, they benefited by far from this rest. You know, they're the third oldest team. So that they may benefit the most now. And if you want to look at it strictly from a math standpoint, the uh, the ESPN projection, from a math standpoint, the ESPN projections give them a 50% chance to be the NBA champs, whereas the Bucks, I think, were 26%. Now, if you can get the Lakers at plus 250, which is where it is now, that's an implied probability of 28% 
when the reality is the computers project them at 50%. So I'm going to take the Lakers at plus 250, and that will also give me a good hedge opportunity if they do win the Western Conference, uh, and especially if it's the Celtics, because then I can go ahead and take the Celtics, and I'll have them at plus money as well. So there you have it. I have a best bet and a half. This stuff will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus, just like me. All right, guys, so there's Uncle Dave throwing out a best bet and a half for you. Hopefully you guys got some decent stuff to look at here for the NBA as we approach the season. I know we're all counting down the days. It is now June the 11th, so we got roughly, what, another 40-some days left. But, uh, yeah, whatever the case might be. We still got NRL on the gate. Uncle Dave, we got we got golf and NASCAR and UFC and all that other stuff. So hopefully if baseball gets their act together and they start rolling, you know, we could shorten our calendar before we actually get some – some of our major sports back. Well, that's it, guys. That's our podcast for today. Again, this is the Betting Predators podcast where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. For myself, I'm Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter, Sleepy J underscore pregame, Dan Rivera at Dan Rivera 228, and for Uncle Dave at Dave underscore Esler. And you can find us all on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck today. Enjoy the games.